and welcome to Move Forth with Grace. I'm so glad you're here to immerse yourself into God's Word and to open your heart to His lessons today so that the wisdom of God can move through you and into the lives of those around you and continue in generations to come. Welcome, welcome. Today's podcast is brought to you by Neverbands. These are medical freedom bracelets I created for adults and children. I teamed with a medical ID jewelry company in Texas so that you can equip yourself and your family against the unethical enforcement of the experimental COVID-19 injection and any possible future injection injections, no matter what situation you find yourselves in. By wearing these, we can band together to preserve our medical freedom. Get yours today at www.neverbands.shop. It is also brought to you by the Move Forth brand. On my website, you can find tips on freedom, health, and grace, and merchandise for you and your family. My website is www.move-forth.com. I'm reading from the Founder's Bible. It is a New American Standard Bible, and it, it includes historical documents from the Founder's era. You can get one at www.foundersbible.com. I highly recommend one. They are beautiful Bibles for your home and, and quite a treasure. I'm also following the five-day Bible reading plan, and you can download and print a copy if you'd like to follow along at www.5daybiblereading.com. Well, today is day 131, and if you are just joining in and you just said, you know what, what is this all about? I'm so glad you're here. You can absolutely continue from here, go to the end, um, or you can stop this episode right now and go to the day one episode and let today be your day one and starting to read the Bible in a year. However, that's not the most important thing about this podcast. What's what's important is that you come and be in God's word, <laughs> whether that's for one episode, whether that's for 10 minutes, whether that's for a week, a month, um, two days, just as long as you're answering this call to be in God's presence, then welcome and good for you (laughs) because that's a great, great thing that you can do for your life. This is a life-giving book and to spend any time in it is so potent, so powerful and life-changing. So that's what this is all about. Today, we're going to be reading 1 Kings 10 and 11. 2 Chronicles 9, and 1 Timothy 6. 1 Kings chapter 10, the Queen of Sheba. Now when the Queen of Sheba heard about the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to test him with difficult questions. So she came to Jerusalem with a very large retinue, with camels carrying spices and very much gold and precious stones. When she came to Solomon, she spoke with him about all that was in her heart. Solomon answered all her questions. Nothing was hidden from the king, which he did not explain to her. When the queen of Sheba perceived all the wisdom of Solomon, the house, uh, the house that he had built, the food of his table, the seating of his servants, the attendance of his waiters and their attire, his cupbearers and his stairway by which he went up to the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. Then she said to the king, It was a true report, which I heard in my own land about your words and your wisdom. Nevertheless, I did not believe the reports until I came and my eyes had seen it. And behold, the half was not told me. You exceed in wisdom and prosperity the report which I heard. How blessed are your men. How blessed are these your servants who stand before you continually and your heart and hear your wisdom. 
Blessed be the Lord your God, who delighted in you to set you on the throne of Israel. Because the Lord loved Israel forever, therefore he made you king, to do justice and righteousness. She gave the king a hundred and twenty talents of gold and a very great amount of spices and precious stones. Never again did such abundance of spices come in as that which the queen of Sheba gave King Solomon. Also the ships of Huram, which brought gold from Ophir, brought in from Ophir a great number of almug trees and precious stones. The king made of the almug trees supports for the house of the Lord and for the king's house, also lyres and harps for the singers. Such almug trees have have not come in again, nor have they been seen to this day. King Solomon gave to the queen of Sheba all her desire which she requested, besides what he gave her according to his royal bounty. Then she turned and went to her own land together with her servants. Wealth, Splendor, and Wisdom Now the weight of gold, which came into Solomon in one year, was 666 talents of gold. Besides that, from the traders and the wares of the merchants and all the kings of the Arabs and governors of the country, King Solomon made 200 large shields of beaten gold using 600 shekels of gold on each large shield. He made 300 shields of beaten gold using three minas of gold on each shield, and the king put them in the house of the forest of Lebanon. Moreover, the king made a great throne of ivory and overlaid it with refined gold. There were six steps to the throne and a round top to the throne as its rear, and arms on each side of the seat, and two lions standing beside the arms. Twelve lions were standing there on the six steps, on the one side and on the other. Nothing like it was made for any other kingdom. All King Solomon's drinking vessels were of gold, and all the vessels of the house of the forest of Lebanon were of pure gold. None was of silver. It was not considered valuable in the days of Solomon. For the king had at sea the ships of Tarshish with the ships of Huram. Once every three years the ships of Tarshish came bringing gold and silver, ivory and apes and peacocks. So King Solomon became greater than all the kings of the earth in riches and in wisdom. All the earth was seeking the presence of Solomon to hear this wisdom which God had put in his heart. They brought every man his gift articles of silver and gold, garments, weapons, spices, horses, and mules, so much year by year. Now Solomon gathered chariots and horsemen, and he had 1,400 chariots and 12,000 horsemen, and he stationed them in the chariot cities and with the king in Jerusalem. Then king, the king made silver as common as stones in Jerusalem, and he made cedars as plentiful as sycamore trees that are in the lowland. As also Solomon's import of horses was from Egypt and Kew, and the king's merchants poured them from Kew for a great price. A chariot was imported from Egypt for 600 shekels of silver and a horse for 150, and by the same means they exported them to all the kings of the Hittites and to the kings of the Arameans. Solomon turns from God, chapter 11. Now King Solomon loved many foreign women, along with the daughter of Pharaoh, Moabite, Ammonite, Edomite, Sidonian, and Hittite women, from the nations concerning which the Lord had said to the sons of Israel, You shall not associate with them, nor shall they associate with you, for they will surely turn your heart away after their, go away after their gods. Solomon held fast to these in love. 
He had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines, and his wives turned his heart away. For when Solomon was old, his wives turned his heart away after other gods, and his heart was not wholly devoted to the Lord his God, as the heart of David his father had been. For Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and after Milcom, the detestable idol of the Ammonites. Solomon did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and did not follow the Lord fully, as David his father had done. Then Solomon built a high place for Shamash, the detestable idol of Moab, on the mountain which is east of Jerusalem, and for Moloch, the detestable idol of the sons of Ammon. Thus also he did for all his foreign wives who burned incense and sacrificed to their gods. Now the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart was turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice, and had commanded him concerning this thing, that he should not go after other gods, but he did not observe what the Lord had commanded. So the Lord said to Solomon, Because you have done this, and you have not kept my covenant and my statutes, which I have commanded you, I will surely tear the kingdom from you, and I will give it to your servant. Nevertheless, I will not do it in your days for the sake of your father David, but I will tear it out of your hand, out of the hand of your son. However, I will not tear away all the kingdom, but I will give one tribe to your son for the sake of my servant David, and for the sake of Jerusalem, which I have chosen. God raises adversaries. Then the Lord raised up an adversary to Solomon, Hadad the Edomite. He was one of the royal line in Edom. For it came about when David was in Edom and Joab, the commander of the army, had gone up to bury the slain and had struck down every male in Edom. For Joab and all Israel stayed there six months until he had cut off every male in Edom. That Hodad fled to Egypt and certain Edomites of his father's servants with him while Hadad was a young boy. They arose from Midian and came to Paran, and they took men with them from Paran and came to Egypt, to Pharaoh king of Egypt, who gave him a house and assigned him food and gave him land. Now Hadad found great favor before Pharaoh, so that he gave him in marriage the sister of his own wife, the sister of Topanus, the queen. The sister of Topanus bore his son, Ginebath, whom Tapanes weaned in Pharaoh's house, and Ginebath was in Pharaoh's house among the sons of Pharaoh. But when Hadad heard in Egypt that David slept with his fathers, and that Joab, the commander of the army, was dead, Hadad said to Pharaoh, Send me away, that I may go to my own country. The Pharaoh said to him, But what have you lacked with me, that, behold, you are seeking to go to your own country? And he answered, Nothing. Nevertheless, you must surely let me go. God also raised up another adversary to him, Rezon, the son of Elida, who had fled from his lord, Hadadezer, king of Zobah. He gathered men to himself and became leader of a marauding band after David slew them of Zobah. And they went to Damascus and stayed there and reigned in Damascus. So he was an adversary to Israel all the days of Solomon, along with the evil that Hadad did, and he abhorred Israel and reigned over Aram. Then Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, an Ephraimite of Zeradah, Solomon's servant, whose mother's name was Zeruah, a widow, also rebelled against the king. Now this was the reason why he rebelled against the king. 
Solomon built the, the millow and closed up the breach of the city of his father David. Now the man Jeroboam was a valiant warrior, and when Solomon saw that the young man was industrious, he appointed him over all the forced labor of the house of Joseph. It came about at that time when Jeroboam went out of Jerusalem that, he, that the prophet Ahijah, the Shilonite, found him on the road. Now Ahijah had clothed himself with a new cloak, and both of them were alone in the field. Then Ahijah took hold of the new cloak, which was on him, and tore it into twelve pieces. He said to Jeroboam, Take for yourself ten pieces, for thus says the Lord, the God of Israel. Behold, I will tear the kingdom out of the hand of Solomon and give you ten tribes. But he will have one tribe for the sake of my servant David and for the sake of Jerusalem, the city which I have chosen from all the tribes of Israel. Because they have forsaken me and have worshipped Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, Shamash, the god of Moab, and Milcom, the god of the sons of Ammon, and they have not walked in my ways, doing what is right in my sight and observing my statutes and my ordinances, as his father David did. Nevertheless, I will not take the whole kingdom out of his hand, but I will make him ruler all the days of his life for the sake of my servant David, whom I chose, who observed my commandments and my statutes. But I will take the kingdom from his son's hand and give it to you, even ten tribes. But to his son I will give one tribe that my servant David may have a lamp always before me in Jerusalem, the city where I have chosen for myself to put my name. I will take you, and you shall reign over whatever you desire, and you shall be king over Israel. Then it will be that if you listen to all that I command you, and walk in my ways, and do what is right in my sight by observing my statutes and my commandments, as my servant David did, then I will be with you and build you an enduring house as I built for David, and I will give Israel to you. Thus I will afflict the descendants of David for this, but not always. Solomon sought, therefore, to put Jeroboam to death, but Jeroboam arose and fled to Egypt, to Shishak, king of Egypt, and he was in Egypt until the death of Solomon. The Death of Solomon Now the rest of the acts of Solomon and whatever he did and his wisdom, are they not written in the book of the acts of Solomon? Thus, the time that Solomon reigned in Jerusalem over all Israel was forty years. And Solomon slept with his fathers and was buried in the city of his father David, and his son Rehoboam reigned in his place. Second Chronicles chapter 9 Visit of the Queen of Sheba Now when the Queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon, she came to Jerusalem to test Solomon with difficult questions. She had a very large retinue with camels carrying spices and a large amount of gold and precious stones. And when she came to Solomon, she spoke with him about all that was on her heart. Solomon answered all her questions. Nothing was hidden from Solomon, which he did not explain to her. When the queen of Sheba had seen the wisdom of Solomon, the house which he had built, the food at his table, the seating of his servants, the attendance of his ministers and their attire, his cupbearers and their attire, and his stairway by which he went up to the house of the Lord, she was breathless. Then she said to the king, It was a true report which I had heard in my own land about your words and your wisdom. Nevertheless, I did not believe the reports until I came and my eyes had seen it. 
and behold, the half of the greatness of your wisdom was not told me. You surpass the report that I heard. How blessed are your men. How blessed are these servants who stand before you continually and hear your wisdom. Blessed be the Lord your God who delighted in you, setting you in, on his throne as king for the Lord your God. Because your God loved Israel, establishing them forever, therefore he made you king over them to do justice and righteousness. Then she gave the king 120 talents of gold and a very great amount of spices and precious stones. There had never been spice like that in which the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. The servants of Huram and the servants of Solomon, who brought gold from Ophir, also brought algum trees and precious stones. From the algum trees the king made steps for the house of the Lord, and for the king's palace, the lyres and harps, for the singers, and none like that was seen before in the land of Judah. King Solomon gave to the queen of Sheba all her desire which she requested, besides a return for what she had brought to him to the king. Then she turned and went to her own land with her servants. Solomon's Wealth and Power now the weight of gold which came to Solomon in one year was 666 talents of gold, besides that which the traders and merchants brought, and all the kings of Arabia and the governors of the country brought gold and silver to Solomon. King Solomon made 200 large shields of beaten gold, using 600 shekels of beaten gold on each large shield. He made 300 shields of beaten gold, using 300 shekels of gold on each shield, and the king put them in the house of the forest of Lebanon. Moreover, the king made a great throne of ivory and overlaid it with pure gold. There were six steps to the throne and a footstool and gold attached to the throne and arms on each side of the seat and two lions standing beside the arms. Twelve lions were standing there on the six steps on the one side and on the other. Nothing like it was made for any other kingdom. All King Solomon's drinking vessels were of gold, and all the vessels of the house of the forest of Lebanon were of pure gold. Silver was not considered valuable in the days of Solomon. For the king had ships, which he went to Tarshish with the servants of Huram. Once every three years, the ships of Tarshish came bringing gold and silver, ivory and apes, and peacocks. So King Solomon became greater than all of the kings in the earth in riches and wisdom. And all the kings of the earth were seeking the presence of Solomon, to hear his wisdom, which God had put in his heart. They brought every man his gift, articles of silver and gold, garments, weapons, spices, horses and mules, so much year by year. Now Solomon had 4,000 stalls of horses and chariots and 12,000 horsemen, and he stationed them in the chariot cities and with the king in Jerusalem. He was the ruler over all the kings from the Euphrates River, even to the land of the Philistines, and as far as the border of Egypt. The king made silver as common as stones in Jerusalem, and he made cedars as plentiful as sycamore trees that are in the lowland. And they were bringing horses for Solomon from Egypt and from all countries. Now the rest of the acts of Solomon from first to last, are they not written in the records of Nathan the prophet and in the prophecy of Ahijah the Shilonite and in the visions of Edo the seer concerning Jeroboam the son of Nebat? Solomon reigned forty years in Jerusalem over all Israel. Death of Solomon. And Solomon slept with his fathers and was buried in the city of his father David, and his son Rehoboam reigned in his place. First Timothy chapter 6. Instructions to those who minister. 
All who are under the yoke as slaves are to regard their own masters as worthy of all honor, so that the name of God and our doctrine will not be spoken against. Those who have believers as their masters must not be disrespectful to them because they are brethren, but must serve them all the more because those who partake of the benefit are believers and beloved. Teach and preach these principles. If anyone advocates a different doctrine and does not agree with sound words, those of our Lord Jesus Christ, and with the doctrine conforming to godliness, he is conceited and understands nothing, but he has a morbid interest in controversial questions and disputes about words, out of which arise envy, strife, abusive language, evil suspicions, and constant friction between men of depraved mind and deprived of the truth, who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. But godliness actually is a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. For we have brought nothing into the world, so we cannot take anything out of it either. If we have food and covering with these, we shall be content. But those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil, and some by longing for it have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. But flee from these things, you man of God, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith, take hold of the eternal life to which you were called, and you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses." I charge you in the presence of God, who gives life to all things, and of Christ Jesus, who testified the good confession before Pontius Pilate, that you keep the commandment without stain or reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will bring about at the proper time. He who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who alone possesses immortality, and dwells in unapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. Instruct those who are rich in the present world not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. Instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is life indeed. O Timothy, guard what has been entrusted to you, avoiding worldly and empty chatter and the opposing arguments of what is falsely called knowledge, which some have professed and thus gone astray from the faith. Grace be with you. And those are our readings for today. Interesting how we have different um, writings in both of First Kings ten and eleven, Second Chronicles, same story about Solomon um, with Queen Sheba, and then the end of his life. However, in um, the book of Second Chronicles, the part is left out about um, how God took away the rain from his son. So it's just interesting to note um, and just something that we can, uh, you know, take upon ourselves to look further into if we'd like to do that. But that, that was pretty
pretty a pretty distinguishing difference. And then, um, you know, of course, there is such wonderful advice uh, in the letters of Paul to Timothy. And um, it's just wonderful things that we can look at, reflect on, um, apply in our lives. And to just glean what it might have been like for Paul. Um, <laughs> you know, in the beginning of the church. And just incredible that we have access to these beautiful letters from Paul, who was not a believer. In fact, he <laughs> wanted to turn people away from Jesus. And so just powerful words, and Paul just represents um, what it means to be transformed, what it means to repent, um, to change, to, to have our minds changed, and to be ignited by the Holy Spirit, and to um, be given the opportunity to live in truth and to share that good news because of how lives can be transformed, how hearts can be transformed, how minds can be um, made right. It's so amazing. And there are so many, so many testimonies of this. And so um, I highly recommend just looking for testimonies of people um, and sharing your own, if you if you you know have been reborn in Christ, we need to share it with people. And you know, as as a woman, it's we are called to share with younger women what that is like. I I will never proclaim to be a minister because that is not. That is not my calling as a woman, as a godly woman. And, but testimonies um, are important and deserve to um, be, be looked at um, so that people can come to their own conclusion. And so Paul is just such a beautiful example of the testimony of repentance and a new life in Jesus. Let's go ahead and pray. Dear Lord, it is your greatest gift to us to have the opportunity to be born again in Jesus. It is indescribable, truly. And there are... (laughs) There is no way that I can thank you enough, which is why we are called to give you thanks and praise and rejoice in you. We're called to do that in Philippians. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice, and I want to rejoice in that today, Lord, that that I am a testimony, that others listening right here are testimonies to being saved, 
being reborn again through Christ. So very powerful, so very potent, and and it is it truly leaves me in awe. Thank you so very much for loving us enough to send your son and to save us from death and despair. I say this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that concludes our episode for today. Thank you so much for being here. Please continue to share this podcast with people in your life. May you be bold and courageous in sharing people, sharing with people the truth. And of course, not being judgmental, that's not our job. No, it's not. Praise the Lord. That's his job. I look forward to being with you in the next episode. Take care.